Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Uni Cardenas, and this is the February 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soul Full of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Let's go. Welcome, welcome. It's good to be back. Happy February. Happy Aquarius season. Woo! Yeah, so, said the Aquarian. I know. I'm just so stoked because it is my season after all. It's the Aquarius year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So to get us started this month, just a few quick announcements. We only have a couple birthdays this month first off being our former co-host andreas happy birthday have a beautiful birthday andreas also our former guest julia bray oh yeah happy birthday uni as well our our co-host here (laughs) yep it's my birthday and it's also my little sister's birthday shout out to natalie yay and my coworker jay happy birthday to our other aquarius and pisces folks if you're listening and your birthday is in this season happy birthday from us to you mm-hmm. and other announcement readings and ongoing tarot videos that specifically support the podcast and really go deeper into each card that we pulled and show imagery if you're a very visual person you'll love those Uni, you're still doing those on your page as well, right? Yeah, definitely doing those and also in the process of offering dream readings as well. And those are really informative as well. So check them out if you get the chance. And customized and virtual options for folks who are not located in Oregon where we are. Exactly. Accessibility is key. Especially in Aquarius season slash year. And from there, Uni, do you want to introduce the cards that we pulled for the month and tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so I pulled four cards for this month, looking at what is here right now. We're starting with the Three of Wands, and we've pulled this card before, but I think it's just such a beautiful card to be working with in this current situation because it's almost like walking into that threshold. You're looking out into the horizon on the classic writer way you have this character just really standing on top of a cliff looking down at the ocean and he's got his wands in hands and those wands are representative of his hopes his dreams his ambitions to make things happen and now we are at the point that we cannot go back we must keep moving forward and that's the most important piece of that so how can we really fuel our passions and look to the horizon to our new colleagues allies and friends that are going to help elevate us as we really come into this synergy with all this energy that's working in and around us and through us and looking at it it, that's the fucking magician bro (laughs) (laughs) yeah it kind of does look like him isn't it (laughs) yeah like for sure and uh he's out in the world now he's no longer sitting at his little show table showing his like fancy tricks he's out in the world and that's almost like how we need to embody this this search, this quest to further our knowledge. Because, yeah, we've gained a lot this past year. But how do we incorporate that while also seeking new knowledge? And again, bring it back to that Hierophant energy for the year, which is all about how it is that we really bow to our own wisdom. And secondly, we had what was underneath that on the subconscious level. And we had 
the high priestess and the high priestess when you look at this card it's got this figure of a woman sitting on her throne she's in between two pillars one black and one white and they represent the duality of life the masculine and feminine aspects and behind her is the veil or i like to think sometimes that it's in front of her she is like the veiled isis in egyptian tarot and she holds the scroll with the torah which is the book of law and the book of law being like the truth the truth is what she's holding what she's guiding she's connected to the moon and the cycles of the moon and very much to the womb of creation actually there's a moon on the bottom left hand side of the card and it's got this little watery aspect like flowing from her dress which is really indicative of almost like the universal consciousness flowing down through that and if you think about your body being made of water the moon is pulling on the water within your cells so as the moon has a different phase every day so it was your mind your body your soul is being affected by the gravitational pull and that is the pull of life and she is revealing all the hidden aspects of ourselves through us but it also requires us to be vigilant how do we allow those thoughts and things to take space in our mind and how do we choose to purify them so that they can manifest in our external reality a little bit quicker better faster more aligned she looks so serious on this card and her hat that she's wearing i don't know what you would call that type of hat as we know on this podcast i'm extremely talented at describing the images <laughs> i was trying to describe the two of cups card to somebody the other day and i like i just couldn't i was like there's two people and there's this thing in between and it's like is it a monster i don't know what is it <laughs> if you have your deck nearby you should check out the two of cups and you'll you you message me what the fuck is that i don't know i do not know but her hat back to the card on the high priestess is really cool looking it kind of looks like a person with their hands out like excited and then you look at her face and she's like not that excited well because she's like holding the truth she knows the truth and that mm -hmm. hat that hat has a name Sad what is it sadly i do not know but it's because <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not really knowledge in egyptian attire but it's a uh, it's beautiful i love it it's got a presence yeah it's like a queen like a queen she's obviously like holding that moon up in her head so she's got that knowledge and intuition of the moon that's supporting her and look at her when i look at that like veil behind her it's like that's everything that you've ever wanted manifesting behind that veil it looks like pineapples to me and i'm pretty sure that's everything i ever wanted <laughs> i mean it's what i want <laughs> <laughs> we need some pineapples up in here like, they are stat. they are my favorite apples oh my god yes relatable <laughs> so good what else do we got uh and then for the next card which was what is here to support us in that process we have the two of pentacles and the two of pentacles in the rider weight has this i don't know this like jester looking fellow and he's juggling these two pentacles in his hands and in the background you see these waves that are carrying these boats on them and it's almost like a reminder of the juggle of energy that we are going through day in and day out there's also an infinity loop when you look at it so it makes me really think of how much time are we setting aside for our own personal development and growth and what are we juggling like are we making sure that we're taking time to 
work on the real things or are we getting distracted along the way those waves in the back also again remind us of like the wave like nature of life we have these constants ups and downs and how do we keep that balance and equilibrium within ourselves so that we can shift with the shifting ground and not fall over and his hat is also really big and i obviously am super excited about hats today clearly somebody (laughs) get me a hat but with this specific image i was thinking about it and i was wondering like dude why is your hat so big? Low key looks like a red condom. I mean, come on. Oh my God. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but then I thought maybe his hat is so big because his ego is present when he's trying to decide between two things and he's saying, well, I don't have to choose. Or maybe he's got more than two things going on. Maybe you have more than two things going on and you're like, I can do it all. And you can do it all. But if you do do it all, is it going to be the quality that you would want it to be? That's true. You could be sacrificing the quality of it by just trying to get it all done. And that's why I think sacrifice is actually one of the key words for this card is because when we put our energy, our time, our money, whatever it is, our currency into one thing or another thing, we're we're fractioning it off. If you only have 100% every day, where does that 100% go? It's true. And in a sense, that's making that investment in yourself. And if you want to think of the pentacles as being connected to wealth and that that really is like the wealth of life is what is it that you value the most and whatever you're spending the most amount of time with, that's clearly what you value the most. Yeah, it's input and output. And I also feel like this is just one of my favorite cards. I try not to be biased, but two of pentacles is a lifelong card for me. Mm. Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini rising. Maybe you can relate to that, Uni, because you're a Gemini rising. Yeah. And so there is this duality that's always present where I'm like, I'm going to do that and this and this. And then the universe is like, technical difficulties. Uh huh. <laughs> or like, you're actually going to do neither of them because now you're just trying too hard. Exactly. Exactly. I'm excited to dive more into this one and weave it into the transits because I think it is very present in the astrology of the month as well. It's going to be fun. And last but surely not least, it's funny because it's like the last card in the major arcana. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's uh, It's the world and the world when you look at it. I don't know why it always makes me think of like a casino, like jack slot. Like I just like just won the jackpot. And aye, you're like, aye, aye, aye. Yeah. You yes. got your little sticks. It's like above and below. Everything is like happening. You're like stepping into this refined version of yourself, almost moving through that final doorway. And now you have the fixed signs of astrology, which is uh, Aquarius, the man and Scorpio, the ego, Taurus, the bull and leo the lion on these clouds with you to show you uh, just the supportive energy that's always there this limitless energy and potential that's there for you to grasp to hold to really step into and it's almost like you get a second chance at coming into the world with this newfound knowledge of everything that you've gained so far in your soul evolution you get to bring that with you so that the next go around you are going to be moving through the exact same stages, but a little bit more gracefully. And we can all use a little more grace. Yes, absolutely. I wrote down in my notes for this, that this is a card that's about results, not about reaction. And with endings, we have to also tend to the fact that when something ends, when something comes to fruition or culmination, like you graduate or 
a relationship falls apart, which maybe isn't as exciting, right? <laughs> Depending on, you know, maybe you want it to fall apart. I don't know. But when something ends, even if it was a good thing that it ended, it's okay to like grieve that it was there and it's gone and it's changed and it's transformed. And I think often we get the, the card, the world in readings and we talk about it like, woo, it's the best thing ever. And it does feel like you won the lottery. It feels like that jackpot. But at the same time, a lot of people get this card in a reading and are like, oh, but what was, you know, and like it's gone now and I'm ready. I'm ready to move forward. I'm, I'm ready to make space for something new. But like I need a moment just to like remember that it was there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I also like to think of it almost like the illumination. Like now it, it's been made clear to you that a change is needed or that you've shifted now dramatically in your persona and you can't go back to operating from this lower octave. And yeah, there's going to be a grieving period in that because obviously you can't take all of those pieces with you, but they were helpful along the way. And I like to think of every ending as a new initiation into something better. And uh, maybe not necessarily better, but something different. Something that's going to provide you the impetus towards evolution. And how Aquarian is that? Something not necessarily better, but something that is different. That is a lot of the energy that we are in this month. And the last thing I want to add on the world card is that homegirl is like half naked. Mm. Or like, okay, she's like, 80 percent naked <laughs> uh if we're gonna be specific here <laughs> tits out <laughs> tits out for this one and that makes me think of how you are seen when you finish something and even if nobody else sees you you see you you see that you ended that that you allowed that to end that you made that end that you embraced the ending that you created the space for the beginning to come into fruition and to be come something new something different yeah you've been alchemized and like look at that nakedness and bring it back to the purity it's like now mm. you're being reborn into that like purity of like mind body spirit all of it and you're not afraid to like flaunt it because that fucking higher octave higher self looks good on you like it's like it's like she's looking in the mirror and she's like oh look at me i'm fucking supported bro <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> I am exposed. Yeah, exposed <laughs> in all of my beauty because it's yeah. also like, how do you carry yourself behind closed doors? Should be how you carry yourself out in public, too, you know? You don't need to hide anymore. In mm -hmm. fact, you really can't hide. That's what this card says. Don't try. Let it go. Don't hide. Be here now. Yep. And that being said, let us dive into our transits. Yay. So first transit that we have is Venus entering Aquarius on the very first day of the month, February 1st. And keep in mind throughout all of these transits, we do have Mercury retrograde. We'll be referencing that throughout the episode, but that is something that is at play in tandem with all these other transits that are also happening. Mm. So Venus entering Aquarius, Venus is a quick moving planet, much like Mercury is. So this is a 25 day transit. And some of the questions that came to mind for me were, what is oddly beautiful to you? What is so unique about another person, perhaps, that you are attracted to it? What unconventional ways of sharing laughter or building community are you interested in exploring? It's like how I saw online years ago, 
someone filled a chocolate box full of nugs of weed mm. for Valentine's Day. And while part of me thought that's hilarious, the other part of me thought that is fucking genius. And where can I get myself a box of weed for Valentine's Day? <laughs> Granted, we're in Oregon, so it's legal here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that so much. And that's what I was thinking of when I was just imagining, oh, this transit and how is that going to feel? And it's like the thing you don't expect that is what Venus in Aquarius is, is like, I'm going to surprise you with the way that I know how to love you. And maybe you can surprise people with the way that you advocate for how you need to be loved, which maybe is a little different than they're used to loving. Maybe if you're in a new relationship, for instance, like that person might not know your love languages yet. And I know we talked about love languages on here before, Yeah. but they're so helpful. They're so useful. It's so true. Because you might be loving somebody and not hitting the mark at all. Absolutely. And Venus in Aquarius is all about self-liberation as well. In the name of love, in the name of money too. Thinking about Venus is like your finances is like, I'm going to liberate myself from this habit because it drains my fucking bank account. Yep. And it's not giving me any ROI. You know, I'm having flashbacks to Capricorn season. <laughs> like, what is the ROI? What is the ROI? Like this shit does matter so this is a time to explore and expand also pleasure of self and yeah that can be sexual but it can also go beyond that what else pleasures you what pleasures your mind which is very aquarian what are you doing to feed and pleasure and grow your mind what does that look like? So yeah. those are a few things that are really going to be present for Venus and Aquarius. What do you think, Uni? Uh, Venus and Aquarius has this unconventional flair as we approach uh, beauty, desire, and our generation of wealth. And by extension, I like to say health. Uh, Venus, being very much a body-oriented energy, invites us into engaging with our relationship to pleasure and desire as a means of reaching new highs and shattering previously held connotations or ideas around what it means to be a spiritual being in this physical experience. And I think it will draw us towards situations, people, places that will be expansive in their offbeat nature, encouraging us to stand firmly in our own truth as we continue to explore, observe, and unravel the themes of beauty, love, and desire, we get to embrace our independence while deeply honoring the role that we play within the interconnected framework of society. Mm, that's beautiful and made me think of the high priestess and even like myself being like, oh, she's got kind of a serious look on her face. Like Venus in Aquarius is like, bitch, I look how I want to look. I did not dress for you. I did not show up here for you. This is for me. And if you don't like it, my hat has fucking horns on it. So watch out. <laughs> or hands. I don't know. Are they horns? Are they hands? I don't know. Somebody is going to also have to Google the name of this hat and send that to one of us because clearly we need to know. <laughs> the bitch has horns. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I love it. And uh, yeah, like tying it back to that card, you could also like think about it as that being that engagement with that pleasure, with that desire. Is that desire serving the whole? Is it? Is it in alignment? Ooh. Is it like being the most pure version of that desire so that when it manifests in front of us, it doesn't pull us into feelings of shame or guilt or something because it's coming as a true pure desire that is longing to be expressed. And mm. I like to think that in order to find belonging, you need to really be in your longing. Ooh, yeah. 
I like that. Unless you're short, in which case you should be in your shorting. Is <laughs> that <Shut the fuck laughs> like boarding oh but for a shorty? Hey, I'm like five two, so <laughs> let's let's make this accessible, right? Do it. Put it on the bottom shelf, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The last thing I want to say about this transit in general is like Venus and Aquarius back to the body stuff that you were saying, like your body image, how you're working with you know, your body is changing every single day. Mm-hmm. What, what's the cells thing? I don't know. You're the science person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so because our bodies are made out of like roughly like 60 to 70 percent water. So then you could extend that and think about it. If the moon has like such a powerful effect um, on the tides because of its gravity, uh, then you can assume like safely that it's also doing that to you on a very minute level that maybe we may not be aware of it if we're intuitive if we're sensitive we're fucking feeling that for sure because you'll get crazy during the full moon um i have the opposite new moons are when i can't sleep i'm like crazy full of energy and it just comes to show us that we're waning and waxing just like all the phases of the moon so literally every single day you get to explore and reveal some of those aspects of you and then even looking at those pillars you have like a black and white one it's almost like the light and dark side of the moon yeah and it does it affects our physical bodies and our bodies hold memories of things that our minds cannot that's something i was reading recently actually i was diving into some like understanding more about your own trauma and going down that rabbit hole and it was so interesting reading about how things that happen to you so early on in life that you don't recall at all but your body does yeah crazy yeah crazy and like the way that the moon actually affects our bodies like it's a radical time to love yourself when so many companies are profiting off of you not loving yourself so aquarian so venus and aquarius is like what can i love about myself anyways even though it's a thing that like maybe i'm a little embarrassed about it or maybe it's something that you know society doesn't show that it's beautiful or whatever like do you have a birthmark that's kind of weird rock it you know go get that photographed put that on the fucking wall like how can you love that more even though it's different how can you love it because it's different Mm, i love that too because even the fact that we're working within the hierophant year also it's almost making you question like do do you really feel that way do you feel like it's weird and unlovable or did somebody push that on you and you now took it on you so you're here to like question that now you're here to like really sit down and be your unconventional weirdness like some of us are fucking weird that's great (laughs) (laughs) we need the weird people like it keeps life interesting if nobody was weird it would just be fucking boring i know damn Jeez, i love that so that's that's where we're starting this month we're going from there we have an aspect that venus is going to make it's going to be right on top of in conjunction with saturn in aquarius on friday the 5th so in that very first week of February and a question I wrote for that is is it love or is it the allure of stability in a wildly unstable world <laughs> I love that <laughs> I think it's so true like Venus coming into contact with Saturn is like wait why am I choosing this why am I staying in this job is it because you know I do love this job or is it just because it's paying my bills and I'm living in fear and doubt that I just can't find anything better and that's in a sense a sense of betrayal of the self which is what we're working on stopping this year. Yes. And with Venus making contact with Saturn so early in February, we get to test the waters of how our relationships may sometimes limit our self-expression or our individuality. 
Like maybe your new hobby takes you away from time with your family and your partner just doesn't like that. Or maybe your roommate doesn't want to hear you playing D&D virtually from your living room and ask you to move into your bedroom where the internet connection actually isn't as strong. Whatever it may be, this transit might require some compromise, but there's a difference between compromise and self-sacrifice, which is very two of pentacles. You have to strike a balance or you're going to drop both of the coins. Yep. I love that. So this aspect for me, it, it has the flavors of the previous aspect by introducing, but you're introducing the element of realness into the mix. And that brings this Aquarian energy back into this earthy mix. And given that Saturn is Aquarius's ruling planet in Vedic astrology, it pushes us towards being more practical in our route as we go into our pursuit of pleasure, happiness, and desire. It awakens that scientists within as we seek to apply well-tested strategies into the generation and manifestation of our own personal health and wealth. And this in turn creates a launching pad upon which we get to ignite new rockets of desire that send us hurtling through time and space as we gravitate towards uh, new orbits while opening up to deep receiving on all planes of existence. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love the scientist part too. Like it is an Aquarius. We can't forget that just because we're talking about Venus and Saturn coming together. It's not just the blending of these planets. It's the blendings of these planets in like, the scientist sign mm -hmm. that's what aquarius is it is the genius it is the scientist and like what did we think of scientists when they told us things early on for the first time that they're crazy exactly like oh you're crazy you mean that like smoking cigarettes could kill me <laughs> whatever i think i'll go smoke another pack like people used to not think that that could kill them uh, right and and I, I like the thought of that too with um because aquarius like yeah if you try to bring in that saturn energy you're not going to restrict it you're just going to give it parameters to work within and it will go through every single one of those parameters until it figures out a new innovative approach towards something that maybe was overlooked for so long yes and with venus in the mix it goes back to like how i love you and is that measurable and and maybe it's not, maybe you can't quantify it into data like, well, you check this, 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 and this, and I know that that means that you love me, but it's like, I might not know that you love me if you're not speaking my language. Mm. How can you speak my language? Yeah, because you don't want to have to be translating your heart to somebody. I'm like, how do I say speak my language in a different language, Uni? <laughs> Habla mi lenguaje. <laughs> what about in French? Parle dans ma langue. What about in German? Sprache meine Sprache. Can you do Japanese? Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love that, that you just did that in on the spot too. Mm. <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. Parle ma langue is what you're saying in French. Parle ma lawn. That sounds like go park on my lawn. That's um, what it sounds like I just said. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm obviously, actually, I am French. I took that DNA test and actually I am French. Wow. I should slap you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also German and I can't speak that either. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, me. Oh, mios Dios. Oh, 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 minus Gottes. <laughs> God. Our listeners okay, like, we're, okay, we're get ridiculous. to it. Get to it. Okay. So our next not so much transit, but our next event is our new moon in Aquarius, which is on Thursday, the 11th of February. And this is a very Aquarius new moon. 
And I say that because we have a whole crowd of planets, sun and moon, of course, are there, but we also have Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. So here's some tough stuff that's going on with this new moon. We have Saturn squaring with Uranus and Mercury and our Aquarian new moon, all squaring Mars and Taurus. So we have multiple planets and squares. These squares between the Aquarian planets and the Teresian planets are one of the biggest themes of this entire year. So it's one of those get comfortable being uncomfortable kind of vibes that is going to carry forward with us as the year continues to unfold. And you've got to remember that squares have sharp edges. They can cut you if you don't mindfully work with them or around them. You want to keep in mind that the Aquarian themes, not only of this Aquarius season, but of this Aquarian year and era we are all collectively living in right now. The old ways simply will not open new doors. The same people that you've always kicked it with won't be the people who are going to mirror back at you new parts of yourself that are eager to be expressed, nurtured, or welcomed into your new world. This is world card energy for sure. Mm. What must you revolutionize, Aquarius, within yourself right now? What sacrifice must be made to liberate you from the patterns that keep you submissive to things that are, quote, good enough when there is better out there waiting for you to find it or in very Aquarius fashion, perhaps create or invent it. Mm. So there's some tough stuff going on. We have some good news, too. But before I chat about that, I want to hear some info that you got on this uni. Wow, that's that's a lot. Um, Firstly, that made me think of how sometimes we kind of low bar ourselves when it comes to our desires which makes me go back to that the high priestess because when we're not fully initiated and activated within it we're not gonna know our worth as far as our desires and like our desires obviously put us uh, in contact with new experiences that are meant to evolve us and uh, it also brings me back to that two of pentacles as well because how how are we shortchanging ourselves like if we are really in our knowing and our worth, then we know our value and we're able to take on the things that are going to increase our soul capita. That being said, as far as uh, the new moon, new moons are powerful. I personally have an affinity towards all things dark in nature. So it would come to no surprise that I do some of my most potent ritual work in or around the new moon. The new moon is a portal through which we interact with the void, that is to say, with nothing. And nothing grabs my attention quite like the void, for there is one, for there are one and the same. Nothing. <laughs> nothing and yet everything all Yeah, at once. the only thing that can satisfy me is nothing. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I love that because I feel that in Western philosophy and mystic systems, we don't place as much emphasis around the concept of nothing. But there is this dark, interstitial space where the magic truly happens venus and jupiter in a conjunction in aquarius is uh, such a supportive energy that wants to take aim and shoot for our heart's greatest desire knowing damn well that even if we miss or are redirected in the course we'll be making contact with some bright and brilliant aspect of ourselves. This is a perfect time to till the earth, to sow the seeds that will grow into the trees that will fuel the fires of our desires, casting light upon our heart's deepest yearning. 
all of this information are light codes that are being downloaded into our body and our mind, which penetrates the soul. And in that way, we are reborn from the darkness into the light, which is probably why I have such an affinity for these dark spaces. So bring on these new moons. Well, when it's the new moon, it's the easiest time to see a sky full of stars because there's no big illuminated moon soaking up all of the light. <laughs> yeah, and it also makes me think it, it's the perfect time to tap into that star energy as well. Our guiding stars. We are the guiding star. We are the compass. We are all but stardust. And I love what you're saying about Venus and Jupiter. They are fused together. And of course, I love this. They're exactly at 12 degrees which is my number, but of course, a new moon, the sun and the moon together, they're fused together. So we have four planets that are being fused together in two different ways, accompanied by Saturn, who's there, Mercury, who's there. Like I said, this is the most Aquarian new moon that you can get, honestly. You don't get much more Aquarian than this. I mean, when Pluto moves in, but by then, Saturn and Jupiter will be gone. So you won't get any more Aquarian than this. Simply, you will not which is awesome and special and Venus and Jupiter coming together. Whenever planets make contact like that, it initiates a, a new beginning, a new cycle. Mm. Just like new moons always do. We get a new cycle every month with the new moon. We're also getting a new cycle in relationship to our pleasure and our expansion. So with this new moon, it's saying, how can you expand your pleasure? Ask for what you want. And ask for it clearly because you don't want a half-assed cup to be handed to you. And if you want sparkly stuff on your cup, get the sparkly cup. Ask God for it. Ask the universe. Ask Saturn. Ask Saturn. I mean, Saturn is the dad. So I'm like, Dad, can I please have all these things that I want? And Dad goes, do the work, bitch. <laughs> and then he says, yes, after I do the work, of course. And there's some other good things going on. That's why I started with some of the heavier aspects. So I love that you brought up these good aspects that are going on. We also have Chiron in an exact sextile to Saturn, six degrees to six degrees. This eases up the energy in the sense that what needs to be healed is here. We just need to clean our glasses off so that we can see it. We need to pull out a chair at the table of our lives and welcome the grief that we do have to take a fucking seat. The endings will only linger if we do not allow ourselves to tend them, to mourn them, to truly lay them to rest. Again, the world energy is so present this month and our Aquarian party of planets is also in a trine to the North Node in Gemini. The future wants to free you and help you hold the perspective that all of this challenge is not without good reason, even if we don't understand why the fuck we're being challenged right now. We maybe can't see exactly why the things ended that did end. Maybe we can feel that it's time to create some new networks, very Aquarius, but are afraid we'll meet people who don't know the sound of our songs. Mm. But it's time to sing a new song. A new melody with the voices of the world, really. A and duet. Yeah. A chorus, a choir. A beautiful harmony between all of the voices and all of the sounds and sights and colors. And what is that if not very much that three of wands energy of being out there going to make these new alliances? Maybe we're not completely sure of what is going to be there, but we're open to receiving the messages and the teachings that are going to flow to us, knowing that we have the discernment and the knowledge and the wisdom to 
pick the situations, peoples, and places that are going to help us gain whatever missing pieces of the puzzle that we need in order to fortify ourselves and reassure us as we continue to take that step on that journey. We are charting new territory here. We are not going to find the way forward from old maps. We are creating a new map here. And that's so, so important for this new moon. We have some friends over at, speaking of the moon, Attuned to the Moon. My friend Jana Romer runs that. And they recently made a post just the other week specifically about Mercury and Aquarius. And there was a quote in it that I loved so much that I have to share it. They said, Mercury and Aquarius is not about rebooting old thoughts but downloading completely new programs, mm. which is also Hierophant energy. Yep. So, and with Mercury retrograde again, that's also influencing this new moon. What new programs are ready to come through your channel? How can you clear your channel of the noise, the addictive behaviors or the doubt that can deter those messages from being heard, which is high priestess. How can you get quiet enough to hear which way to go forward in your new path, which is three of wands. So you can close the door on the way things were, the world, and maybe you're going to have to make a fucking choice. Two of pentacles. Like I see so much of the connections between these cards and especially this new moon with all this Aquarian energy is like, you have to innovate it. Do not fear innovation. Welcome it. Yeah, innovate. And there is a Mars sextile and Neptune too, right? Mm-hmm. And that Mars sextile Neptune brings a great deal of harmony and ease between the drive to get shit done and our dreams. It loosens the grip of illusion by paving a path forward for us to not only make shift happen, but to do it in a way that's sustainable and doesn't discourage us based on the sheer magnitude of the work that's ahead. I like to think of it as tower energy meets hangman energy. And the hyper-focused piercing rays of that Mars energy like coming in and literally cutting away at the rope that holds us in the in-between space that we not only drop onto the solid ground but are also like ripping out the foundation below and ensuring that we have a leveled foundation upon which we can build our new ivory tower and that tower being representative of our dreams so that when they gaze upon the structure that we've built, the world will weep in solemn beauty captured within the bedrock of our lives as we strive to move forward in our creative confidence and grace. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. And following our new moon in Aquarius, on Friday the 12th, we have the Chinese New Year. It is the year of the metal ox. <laughs> I don't know how to make ox noises. That's my Wait, ox that was noise. like a bird. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is happening to your ox uni? Sorry. Somebody needs to get this ox a glass of water or a cup of tea or a back get rub. <laughs> get it some flowers. I'm like Ferdinand. Yeah, I love it. The flowers. So what, what can you share with us about this Chinese New Year? So we're welcoming in this new lunar year with a burst of supportive energy from our friend, the metal ox. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with Chinese astrology, but I won't go into too much detail with it. It requires an episode of its own, but in short, there was a great race upon which the 12 animals partook and their astrological order is based on the order in which they crossed the finish line. 
Originally, the ox was supposed to be the victor, but it was beguiled by the rat, which hitched a ride on its back. And upon the ox crossing the finish line, the rat jumped off. So it landed before the ox. That rat. I know. It's like, <laughs> that rat came with a plague. <laughs> I mean, for real. Coronavirus. This shit is getting real. Uh, and thus, uh, the ox comes after the rat. But that being said, the ox is a very prosperous sign. It's honest. It's hardworking. But it never seeks praise. It does everything behind the scenes. It's associated with the yang energy, which is the masculine principle of creation. So this year is going to be charged with stable, sturdy, raw, and earthly energy to help us plow the fields ahead as we cultivate the fantastic orchards of our dreams. And metal, being in the element of metal, metal is one of the five whooshing elements that make up the elemental wheel in Eastern traditions and holds the elemental properties that are akin to those of the planet Saturn. So practicality is a heavy keynote of this lunar cycle year. So good. So good. I love that you can bring in some of those other historical pieces and the story of it too. Like story is so powerful in helping us understand things. And I have so much to learn about Chinese astrology. Mm, this Asian philosophy is amazing. Eastern philosophy. We'll call it that. Bigger umbrella. Love it. So following the Chinese New Year starting off, our new moon in Aquarius, we have Valentine's Day on Sunday the 14th, of course, and then that week as well, we have Ash Wednesday on the 17th. On Valentine's Day, which, I mean, we could go into that <laughs> on a different episode, kind of a pagan holiday, kind of maybe not, St. Valentino, there's or St. Valentine, there's like three or four different St. Valentines. They don't really know the actual exact story. Yeah, and to me, it has kind of Greek vibes too. I'm like, oh, shooting arrows, wasn't that Cupid? Yeah, right, it's right? Like, like all it, of them. Absolutely. So on that day, Valentine's Day, we do have Mercury and Jupiter in a conjunction. And I love that all these planets that are traveling through Aquarius, just like we had the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn coming together on the winter solstice back in December, that rhymed. <laughs> just like that we're having all these different planets come into contact with jupiter initiating new cycles so mercury initiating this new cycle with jupiter is like free your mind and the rest will follow you know that song it's that 100 percent. like how can you free your mind how can you think beyond how can you speak your desired expansion how yeah. can you imagine the expansions that you want that could shapeshift into something very unique or very Aquarian? Yeah, I feel like it's going to lessen the heaviness of the retrograde aspect and give us um, this magnetizing quality to our ability to review, reflect, and refract the mental structures that we are working with from the narratives to our communication styles, giving us some of that extra to rip apart the electron bonds that bind us to those ideas and to create this opportunity for us to go beyond the confines of our current understanding of self as we peel back the membrane of our ignorance and look deep into the minutia of truth that lies beneath the connective tissue of our lives. So beautiful. Wow. <laughs> also so body oriented all this like all these venus themes going on this month and of course it's valentine's day so that's 
very relevant. And like I said, following that on Wednesday, the 17th, we have Ash Wednesday. And that day also has Saturn square Uranus, which is just continually in motion this whole year. And I actually dive into that pretty well with Nura on the astrology of 2021 astrological overview for the entire year. So I'd reference that episode to get more insight on that. But I wanted to mention Ash Wednesday. I think it's interesting. It's a Christian holiday. I don't celebrate it. I never have. I'm one of those people that whenever people like I was a barista for years, they like come in with ash on their face and I'd be like, you have something on your face. (laughs) Like I just didn't get it. I never did for some reason. But I do think it's interesting that it is known as a day of prayer and it's a day for fasting often as well. And like with Mercury retrograde, I just wanted to mention it because clearing your channel in a way like that is very powerful. Even if you're not a person who's like, I'm going to fast all day, you know, maybe you just fast for a chunk of hours or something, but doing something to actually clear your physical channel Mm. to help your brain be clear. That's something that's super interesting about Ash Wednesday aligning with the Mercury retrograde period And of course, this is also preceded by the Tuesday that kicks off Lent, which is the six weeks leading up to Easter. And so that's another thing that I know some people might be anticipating or celebrating and participating in. And just wanted to mention it for those of you who are participating in Lent. I have never done it, but more power to you. I know that that takes a lot of willpower and that's very Saturnian in nature of like, I'm going to do this thing to make myself better, even though it's hard to do. And it's also very two of pentacles of like sacrifice. Yeah, it's also very much the world, too, because it's like now, how are you engaging with the world? Are you approaching it the way that you normally do? Are you like really buckling behind your actual like beliefs and stuff? And when I think of this aspect, the square is going to be testy in that. You have on one side this urge to kind of break free and break out and on the other side something that's trying to really confine and constrict and isn't like ash wednesday symbolic of that of letting something that we love giving it forward as a sacrificial offering in order to gain something later in this case purification of our sins Mm, yes yes you sinners I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner too. That's oh okay. God. It's not so bad. Never again. You know who's not a sinner? Who? Pisces. And Pisces season starts on the 18th, mm. which is also your birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. The Pisces. You're on the cusp like hella. The sinner. <laughs> the sinner. A Pisces are like, we are not sin free. Sinner, no. sinner, chicken dinner. They're just so intuitive, they're compassionate, they're creative. The fish of the zodiac, our Pisces folks, are exceptionally skilled at taking the entire ocean into consideration when deciding where to cast their fishing lines or direct their sails. Pisces are the poets of the zodiac. They often have bleeding hearts and an unparalleled capacity for empathy and deep connection. On the flip side, if you know a Pisces sun sign person or even a Pisces moon sign person like myself or Uni, who both happen to share that placement, then you know that we can be messy in our creative process, procrastinate or distract the fuck out of ourselves. And sometimes we can be so idealistic that it just isn't practical at all. And I remember the last time we talked about Pisces season a year ago, quoting the above and beyond song, You Got to Go. And I actually quoted their Dream on Little Dreamer lyric for that. 
but I was listening to the song again and some of the other lyrics in that song really stuck out to me for this Pisces season that I wanted to share, which are, you got to gather up what you need. You got to choose a direction. And when the moment is right for you, you got to go. You got to keep your ideals high. You got to know that the sky belongs to no one. You know you got to go. Mm. And ain't that fucking three of wands. And the world, definitely. And I love that song so much. If you haven't heard of Above and Beyond, check them out. Mm. They should be sponsoring us. <laughs> <laughs> we should have them on as guests. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, so Pisces season is here. And uh, let us roll in the deep. <laughs> for real. <laughs> and uh, But just not too deep because, you know, your girl's still in Aquarius and she needs to come up for air. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> you, you can't flip your hair underwater, you know. <laughs> oh, that's, that is. Yeah uh true (laughs) that being said i welcome the sun in pisces and the soft richness and the energetic field that comes with it it has this celestial ethereal quality that makes it hard not to get lost in the fullness of all of it almost like having an extrasensory organ a perception that just uh adds another tantalizing layer onto the field around us and when i say field i mean the field of energy i mean the field of beauty the the field of aliveness that really encapsulates and like is around everything and i feel that having these pisces placements um especially i'm assuming if you're a sun it's going to be even more so but having it in a moon sign like damn you are just so sensitive despite the fact that you're coming off as a hard ass <laughs> oh my goodness well that's your aquarius aspects for sure a <laughs> little bit a little bit <laughs> yep pisces season is a beautiful time and i welcome it as well it's a great transition from aquarius being so focused on the mental and moving into the emotional I love that shift of air to water specifically for that because when we're thinking and thinking all the time, we can get lost and miss out on like our bodies telling us like, hey, we don't want to be here anymore, actually. But your brain's like, I have to be here. I work here or whatever it is, you know, but your body sometimes will tell you things that your brain cannot. And Pisces season is really helping us to recalibrate both the thoughts and the feelings into one being and right after venus squaring mars the very next day we have mercury turning direct in aquarius yay 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 Yay. so the retrograde period is over at this point in the month but the lessons that we have been asked to learn during this first mercury retrograde of the year will remain with us I mean, forever, but also (laughs) specifically until Mercury leaves its shadow period, which isn't going to be until March 14th. So what this means is that we are still processing what we learned during the retrograde period. And maybe we're actually still learning (laughs) things as well. So you can take a look at your natal chart from 11 degrees to 26 degrees in Aquarius to see where this transit has been activated for you specifically And as with all Mercury retrograde periods, including the shadow period, I recommend meditating on it, limiting input from others, the news, media in general, and just being patient with yourself as you integrate what these last three weeks have given you to ponder. I love that. And this uh, Mercury going direct in Aquarius is this, it's expansive in terms of our bandwidth and our capacity to hold 
and form and relay information on both the macro and the micro. And we're being offered this beautiful opportunity to really expand ourselves past the borders of our everyday communication. We can harness this and build bridges between seemingly mutually unintelligible subsets of people by cultivating a lingua franca of the soul that is based on a framework of love, respect, and vulnerability. This uh, this is like the super Mario mushroom of communication <laughs> as a we connect from this harmonious intelligently detached yet interested and invested state of awareness Ooh, i love that and i love me some mario kart because let's be honest it's one of the only games i was actually good at <laughs> i'm not a gamer i never was i tried to be i really did but i just i just didn't have the skill set we're bulking up our communication bro <laughs> That's right things are moving forward you can sign that contract now if you want to it's time to move those thoughts and ideas forward. But just be aware that it doesn't mean it's over because where Mercury traveled back, now it has to travel forward, which is why we're in the shadow period. But from there, on Thursday, the 25th, we have Venus entering Pisces. Remember, I did say it was only 25 days. So oh my goodness. it's time to move into Pisces. And this is art possibilities this is sending a hundred heart eye emojis venus in pisces is a daydream of what could be it's a phenomenal transit for creating and expressing through art whether that's cooking or painting or drawing or writing or weightlifting whatever your art is like this is the time to go explore that and the shadow of this transit is just to be wary that there can be a tendency to overlook red flags because with rose-colored glasses on they look pink mm -hmm. and inviting they're just flags exactly they're just flags <laughs> not <laughs> everything is as it seems and also not everything is as it feels so be cautious of sweet talkers who never deliver and remember that setting boundaries is not only necessary it is a key ingredient to building and maintaining sustainable relationships both platonic and intimate mm, yep venus enters pisces unrealistic maybe profound most definitely as this transit wants to blend our soul's urge to connect along with our desire for passion in both seen and unseen ways uh this can also be tricky energy to work with i feel in my Vedic astrology, I have this placement and as sure as hell has caused some collateral damage as I've fallen head over heels for some good old fashioned cheap thrills and shrills. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, so true. Uh, and uh, my tropical Venus placement doesn't make uh, much better than that one as well, but at least I can use that knowing to help me differentiate between, let's say, fact and fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Fact and fiction is actually a great way to describe Venus in Pisces. Just asking yourself, and it's not easy to ask yourself that when you are looking at something that's so beautiful that, you know, it's too good to be true. And you don't want to hear that. You don't want to realize that because realizing that ruins it. But would you rather ruin the dream that's not real or drag it out for who knows how long and then wake up one day and Saturn sitting at the edge of your bed looking at you saying yo that was not fact that was fiction 
It was a perfect illusion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So some things to be aware of, but also such a great time for that creative energy to flow through you and for you to explore different mediums. You know, if you have, if you're like me, you have a guitar at home maybe that you never touch and you don't know how to play, but like maybe you want to learn how to play that now. Maybe you want to pick it up and try it out. See how does it feel to try this new way of of feeling very pisces (laughs) yeah and obviously you can be lured into feeling other things with perfect illusions (laughs) precisely precisely and following venus entering pisces we do have our last transit we want to talk about in this episode which is the full moon in virgo on saturday the 27th with this full moon in a trine to uranus which is a more supportive aspect and uranus is still though in a square to saturn we are being offered an opportunity to release something in order to help us embrace the change that is coming and the change that is already here the thing about opportunities though is sometimes they come to us in the form of sacrifice sometimes they don't feel like opportunities at all we still have mercury in aquarius due to its retrograde period earlier this month, making it stay in the water bearer sign last longer than usual. And Mercury is conjunct Jupiter still, trining the North Node in Gemini. Translation, new ideas will open you up to expansion. New narratives of this is happening for me instead of this is happening to me can and will set you free. Pluto is also a part of this equation for our Virgo full moon as it trines Mars and Taurus and forms a sextile to Neptune and Pisces. Both positive aspects. Transformation awaits us, but we have to let what's dead die. We have to close the book and open a new one to step forward as the authors of our lives. And with the full moon in Earth sign Virgo, we have to see the challenges crises and discomfort as temporary and even better than that as opportunities to release the expectation of perfection and cultivate our own inner knowing very high priestess here that the harvest is indeed coming damn girl the full moon is always such a beautiful reminder of the heavenly light within each and every one of us for it reflects the light of our heart right back at us. It serves as a reminder that even in the depths of the unknown, the path before us is always illuminated. We just have to have the courage to move forward. And I think Virgo energy will bring a much needed personal assessment as we check into where we are giving too much or not enough or distracting ourselves or selling ourselves short in relationship to the world and others and every other of that aspect it's almost like getting the reality check that we need while we're wandering these mystical sleepy dreamy illusions yes the reality check that you need isn't always the reality check that you want uh yes and even like if you think of the moon too it's it's coming through this mysterious medium the moon the mystery the high priestess Uh uh-huh her and her weird fucking hat (laughs) 
<laughs> her, her horns. Her horns. Oh my goodness. The horny bitch. She, oh my God. See? I knew it. I knew it. Uh, she wants to explore it, those horns. It's the illusion. Let it go. I mean, there is, you know, there's only two letters on this card. Uh, and they no, are. you did not. Yes, I did. You know what? I won't even say it. You have some homework. You pull out your Smith Rider weight or you look it up online, find out what those letters are. You'll know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying she is a horny bitch. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, my goodness. There's so much good astrology going on right now it is not easy stuff it's heavy it's hard it's innovative it's new it's exciting it's scary it's so much of all of those things it's endings and beginnings the world the presence of that a lot going on right now astrologically and really just want to invite everybody to just self-tend as much as you can give yourself space to process, give yourself space to grieve. Even if you are also excited, you you can also acknowledge when, you know, you're not excited. <laughs> you can be excited and not excited at the same time. It's true. And you should give yourself ample time to explore and revisit, reassess, make up your own mind around your your body, your pleasure, your ideas, the things that really light you up. Because right now with that venus and all these other aspects like you're getting the opportunity to explore and observe to get clarity on you that's right and with all of that said we want to wish you a wonderful february and an awesome aquarius and pisces season and that's all we've got for you today on the podcast yeah thank you for joining us thank you for laughing with us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or at us Or both. (laughs) A little bit of both, but we will catch you on the next episode. Yeah. So until then, take care and uh, we'll be here for you. Bye-bye. Choose. That was so fun. I think that was our best episode ever.